Good morning to Shishi Radha Kalachanji Dam. Good morning to all of the assembled devotees. Of course, all of those that are not seen with the material eyes. This is a very unique opportunity for me to start the Srimad Bhagavatam again from the very beginning. I forget what canto we were in when I arrived in Dallas. But this gives me an extra opportunity to reread and gather more nectar from the scriptures. And we're still doing the introduction to Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 1. But before we read, we always like to get the mercy by singing Jayarada Madhava. Jayarada Madhava Kunja Bihari Jayaradamad Ava Kunjabihari Jayagopijanavalaba Girivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Girivaradari Yashuranandana Brajacharanjanan Yashoda Nandana Brajacharanjanan Yamunatira Vanachari Yamunatira Vanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabihari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Girivaradari Jaya Gopi Janavalaba Girivaradari Yashura Nandana Brajachara Ranjanan 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Jaya Radha Tala Chandi Radha Tala Chandi Radhi Jaya Radha Tala Chandi Radha Tala Chandi Radhi Jaya Jaya Jagannath Jagannath, Jagannath, Jaya Jaya Jagannath, Jaya Jaya Baladev, 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 Jaya Jaya Baladev, Jaya Jaya Subhadra, 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 Jaya Jaya Subhadra, Jaya Jaya Gornitai, Gornitai, Gorni Thai, Jaya Jaya Gorni Thai, Ni Thai Goro Haribol, 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 Ni Thai Goro Haribol, Ni Thai Goro Haribol, 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 Ni Thai Goro Haribol. Now, to continue reading from first canto, first chapter, first text. And it's on the board. And, um, yes, they're doing it, uh, they're repeating it every, every day as we're doing the intro. <laughs> Until we finish the intro, we will be reading until first chapter, first text every single day. Um, this is a lengthy one, and it's been up there for a while, so some of the words may be missing. Uh, but before we read it, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Janmadiya shayato in yavat 
Itaratas kateves abhiginya swarat. Tena brahma hridiya adhikaveya muyanti yatsuriya. Tejo varim ridam yata venimayo yatra trisago mrsha. Damna swena sada nirasta. Uham kam satya param dimahi. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Janmadiyasya yato inyi vayad. Itaratastatavs abhiginyana swarat. Tena brahma ridi yat adi. Kaveya munyata yatsureya. Tejo varim ridam yata. Vini mayo yatras. Trisagomrisha, damna swena sada nirasta, kuhamkan satya paramdimai. Now I realize some of those words are not completely up there, so if you have your cell phones with you, or if you might have, and I doubt anyone has a miniature copy of the Srimad Bhagavatam, you can repeat after me. But um, we are going to continue reading from the intro duction to the Srimad Bhagavatam. Um, and then if anyone has any comments or anything they want or wish to share, please feel free to do so. And let's see where we left off yesterday or day before yesterday. Hmm. I think this was at um, the Jagannath Puri when Lord Chaitanya. Yes. At Puri, when he entered the temple of Jagannath, we're talking about Lord Chaitanya, he became at once saturated with transcendental ecstasy and fell down on the floor of the temple, unconscious. The custodians of the temple could not understand the transcendental feats of the Lord, but there was a great learned pundit named Sababoma Bhattacharya who was present, and he could understand that the Lord's losing his consciousness upon entering the Jagannath temple was not an ordinary thing. Savaboma Bhattacharya, who was the chief appointed pundit in the court of the king of Orissa, Maharaj Prataparudra, was attracted by the youthful luster of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and could understand that such a transcendental trance was only rarely exhibited, and only then by the topmost devotees who were already on the transcendental plane in complete forgetfulness of material existence. Only a liberated soul could show such a transcendental feat, and the Bhattacharya, who was vastly learned, could understand This is the light of the transcendental literature with which he was familiar. He therefore asked the custodians of the temple not to disturb 
the unknown sannyasi. He asked them to take the Lord to his home so he could be further observed in his unconscious state. The Lord was at once carried to the home of Savaboma Bhattacharya, who at that time had sufficient power of authority due to his being the Sabapandit or the state dean of faculty in Sanskrit literatures. The learned pandit wanted to scrutinizingly test the transcendental feats of Lord Chaitanya because often unscrupulous devotees imitate physical feats in order to flaunt transcendental achievements just to attract innocent people and take advantage of them. A learned scholar like the Bhattacharya can detect such impostors, and when he finds them out, he at once rejects them. In the case of Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Bhattacharya tested all the symptoms in the light of the Sastras. He tested as a scientist, not as a foolish sentimentalist. He observed the movement of the stomach, the beating of the heart, and the breathing of the nostrils. He also felt the pulse of the Lord and saw that all his bodily activities were in complete suspension. When he put a small cotton swab before the nostrils, he found that there was a slight breathing as the fine fibers of cotton moved slightly. Thus he came to know that the Lord's unconscious trance was genuine, and he began to treat him in the prescribed fashion. But Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could only be treated in a special way. He would respond only to the resounding of the holy names of the Lord by his devotees. This special treatment was unknown to Sarvabhoma, Bhattacharya, because the Lord was still unknown to him. When the Bhattacharya saw him for the first time in the temple, he simply took him to be one of the many pilgrims. In the meantime, the companions of the Lord who reached the temple a little after him heard of the Lord's transcendental feats and of his being carried away by the Bhattacharya. The pilgrims at the temple were still gossiping about the incident. But by chance, one of these pilgrims had met Gopinathacharya, who was known to Gadara Pandit, and from him it was learned that the Lord was lying in an unconscious state at the residence of Savaboma Bhattacharya, who happened to be the brother-in-law of Gopinathacharya. All the members of the party were introduced by Gadara Pandit to Gopinathacharya who took them all to the house of Bhattacharya, where the Lord was lying unconscious in a spiritual trance. All the members then chanted loudly the holy name of the Lord, Hari, as usual, and the Lord regained his consciousness. After this, Bhattacharya received all of the members of the party, including Lord Nityananda Prabhu, and asked them to become his guests of honor. The party, including the Lord, went for a bath in the sea. 
and the Bhattacharya arranged for their residence and meals at the house of Kashimizra. Gopinathacharya, his brother-in-law, also assisted. There were some friendly talks about the Lord's divinity between the two brothers-in-law. And in this argument, Gopinathacharya, who knew the Lord before, now tried to establish the Lord as the personality of Godhead. And the Bhattacharya tried to establish him as one of the great devotees. Both of them argued from the angle of vision of authentic shastras and not on the strength of sentimental va papuli. The incarnations of God are determined by authentic shastras and not by popular votes of foolish fanatics. Because Lord Chaitanya was an incarnation of God, in fact, foolish fanatics have proclaimed so many so-called incarnations of God in this age without referring to authentic scriptures. But Sarvabhoma Bhattacharya or Gopinathacharya did not indulge in such foolish sentimentalism. On the contrary, both of them tried to establish or reject his divinity on the strength of authentic sastras. Let's see if we stop here. Then we're going to go into a little bit more information than we wanted to share, but let's see. Actually, I think this is important. So we will. Hmm. Later, it was disclosed that Bhattacharya also came from the Navadweep area. And it was understood from him that Nilambara Chakravarti, the maternal grandfather of Lord Chaitanya, happened to be a class fellow of the father of Savaboma Bhattacharya. About that. In that sense, the young sannyasi, Lord Chaitanya, evoked paternal affection from Bhattacharya. Bhattacharya was a professor of many sannyasis in the order of the Sankacharya Sampradaya, and he himself also belonged to the cult, to that cult. As such, the Bhattacharya desired that the young sannyasi, Lord Chaitanya, also hear from him about the teachings of the Vedanta. Those who are followers of the Sankara cult are generally known as Vedantists. This does not, however, mean that Vedanta is a monopoly study of the Sankara Sampradaya. Vedanta is studied by the bona fide Sampradayas, but they have their own interpretations. But those in the Sankara Sampradaya are generally known to be ignorant of the knowledge of the Vedanta's Vaishnavas. For this reason, the Bhaktivedanta title was first offered to the author by the Vaishnavas. Of course, the author being Srila Prabhupada. The Lord agreed to take lessons. I believe that's what they meant. Yes. The Lord agreed to take lessons from Bhattacharya on the Vedanta. And they sat together in the temple of Lord Jagannath, the Bhattacharya went on speaking continually for seven days. And the Lord heard him with all attention and did not interrupt 
the Lord's silence raised some doubts in Bhattacharya's heart. And he asked the Lord how it was that he did not ask anything or comment on his explanation. Now, this is a key part of the scriptures, but it also reminded me how when we're reading the scriptures, how we're constantly being given lessons. And here's the Lord of the universe sitting, listening to a explanation from Sababoma Bhattacharya. And he's speaking all this time, and the Lord is being utterly polite, and he's not saying a word. And it reminded me also, just offhand, how important it is sometimes not to just jump in and give an opinion when one is not asked for an opinion. And the Lord showed this process very reverently, and he only commented when he was asked to comment. Uh, Again, the Lord agreed to take lessons from Bhattacharya on the Vedanta, and they sat together in the temple of Lord Jagannath. The Bhattacharya went on speaking continually for seven days, and the Lord heard him with all attention and did not interrupt. The Lord's silence raised some doubts in Bhattacharya's heart, and he asked the Lord how it was that he did not ask anything or comment on his explanations of Vedanta. The Lord posed himself before the Bhattacharya as a foolish student and pretended that he heard the Vedanta from him because the Bhattacharya felt that this was the duty of a sannyasi. But the Lord did not agree with his lecture. By this, the Lord indicated that the so-called Vedantist among the Sankara Sampradaya or any other Sampradaya who do not follow the instructions of Srila Vyasadeva are mechanical students of the Vedanta. They are not fully aware of that great knowledge. The explanation of the Vedanta Sutra is given by the author himself in the text of the Srimad Bhagavatam. One who has no knowledge of the Bhagavatam will hardly be able to know what the Vedanta says. And what happened was the Lord gave in detail what was actually the Vedanta. Um, Sababoma Bhattacharya was an impersonalist, and the Lord gave a nice lesson uh, to him, and it was fur- it's been further explained by various students of the scripture. And I was reading on it last night, and I came across a devotee's uh, writing on it, and I thought it was very nice to share the point he was making without surpassing the information in the introduction that someone else may cover tomorrow. So if you give me a moment, I'll find that writing. And I'm always saying that the... um, 
internet is negative because it's used improperly. So we can't blame the internet, but my goodness, it comes in handy when you want to know various information. Um, so it has its purpose. Everything has, most things have a purpose. It depends on who it is that's using it. But um, within reason, uh, using the internet does have some special benefits. And this was on Krishna.com. And it was by Tatravit Das. Very, very good explanation of this meeting of Lord Chaitanya in Jagannath Puri with Savaboma Bhattacharya. So I'm going to pick key parts that pinpoint what their meeting covered and the purpose of it. Because throughout the scriptures, intermittently, this topic is covered and it's followed and backed up by various information. But here's an example Sava Bomba Bhattacharya was one of the great Vedic scholars of 16th century India and an appointee to the court of the king of Orissa. Historical Bengali accounts tell of his encounter with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, a meeting that in many respects changed him. A logician and the dean of the state faculty in Sanskrit literature, Sava Bomba Bhattacharya, had a speculative mind and a hard heart. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu dismantled his pride, altered his bad disposition, and converted him in a great into a great devotee of Lord Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Now, to detail how this took place, it goes on to describe some of the thoughts of uh, Savaboma Bhattacharya. For Savaboma Bhattacharya, God had no concretely personal qualities. The Bhattacharya derived his philosophical knowledge by logical, by logical hypothesis. For example, he reasoned everything is created, so there must be a higher power that has created this world, but that great power cannot be a person because persons have limited power. Many of us have a similar impersonalistic conception of creation. Late 20th century life is characterized by our alienation in a universe felt to be a field of force rather than a divinely ordered harmony. Even persons of religious faith sense this estrangement if their understanding of God is weak, abstract, or formless. Yet, By the grace of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, anyone who hears with faith and love about Savaboma's liberation from the net of philosophical speculation very soon is able to come to a full personal understanding of God. And to summarize the point that's being made here, I'm going to pick up a point or two, and then we'll end. But the points are very significant. First of all, 
When Lord Chaitanya lost consciousness, Bhattacharya felt it was his responsibility to see whether or not Lord Chaitanya's symptoms of ecstasy were genuine. So, of course, as it as it was read in the book, he was checking his um, breathing, um, the symptoms, um, the beating of the heart, the slowing of the pulse, all of this. And, of course, it surprised Savaboma Bhattacharya. He understood in light of certain Vedic writings with which he was acquainted that such symptoms could be exhibited only by an eternally liberated soul, someone in complete forgetfulness. And then it goes on past the point where Savaboma Bhattacharya is reading for seven days, and the Lord is sitting very politely listening, and he does not comment until he is asked to comment. And this is, on a very small note, something that we should be very, we should be cautious of. Sometimes when we have a lot of knowledge, or we have a bit of knowledge, we make it a point to pinpoint the inconsistencies in an individual instead of being somewhat compassionate and following this wonderful example of Lord Chaitanya. Not to say that if you know something is being stated um, to a mass of people, you should let it go. But the Lord will also arrange for the right time and the right place for that information to come out. And the key point... Um, that Lord Chaitanya brought to Sava Boma Bhattacharya's attention is hmm, this is where he's having respect and listening to him. When out of customary respect for the sannyasi order, Sava Boma Bhattacharya offered to become Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's servant. Sri Chaitanya spoke humbly to him as follows. Because you are a teacher of Vedanta philosophy, you are the master of all the people in the world and their well-wisher as well. You are also the benefactor of all kinds of sannyasis. Therefore, I am taking shelter of you and accepting you as a spiritual master. What had happened is Lord Chaitanya began to pick apart some of the philosophies, but he did it in such a way that he ended in a respectful tone with Savaboma Bhattacharya. And originally, Savaboma Bhattacharya was an impersonalist. And the one key paragraph that I came across last night pulled all of this together. Give me a moment. Well, we're going to use this one. And this is after Saraboma was speaking. And there was a difference in opinion as to what Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu felt as opposed to what Saraboma was speaking. It says, despite the difference, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Saraboma Bhattacharya met in a very pleasant mood one morning in the Jagannath Temple. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu listened 
to the Bhattacharya's comments on the Vedanta philosophy for seven days without asking a question or even speaking a word. Savaboma, therefore, could not tell whether his student was properly understanding or not. And this is important, too, uh, to make sure we don't fall into this category. In India, many sannyasis hear the Vedanta philosophy as a formality without understanding the meaning. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew this, and by remaining silent, posed as one of them, a sannyasi in name only. He thus condemned their mechanical, superficial approach to the Vedic literature. On the eighth day, after being asked by Savaboma whether the teaching made sense, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu denounced it as an imaginary, incomprehensible attempt to establish the absolute truth as impersonal. And one of the points is that if the absolute or the Lord were impersonal, how could the jivas have so many personal features, so many personalities, and so many individual characteristics that make up a person. And the point is that you cannot give what you don't have. And even though that minimizes the point, the point is the Lord cannot be impersonal. He has all of the personal qualities as a parent, passes on qualities to their own. The qualities are already existent, meaning that it's not someone that is faceless, uh, someone that has no form, because he creates form. And in order to create even form, one has to have form. But the Lord goes beyond that. And I think that's what complicates it sometimes because they'll say he has eyes, but he doesn't have eyes, which means that the eyes don't always operate the way our eyes operate. And sometimes it is confusing, but the whole purpose in reading the scriptures, in going over the Srimad Bhagavatam, in going over the Bhagavad Gita, repeatedly is to grasp an understanding of this very point that the Lord does exist, that he has form, that he has personal features, that we are part and parcel of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, that we are not one and the same with the Lord, which was another thought, uh, another belief that the uh, jiva was the same as the Lord, which is not true, but Fortunately, Srila Prabhupada took the time to translate the information and put it in such an organized way that even if we go through it the first time and don't understand it, if our sincerity to learn from the scriptures is sincere, Krishna will send someone. The teacher will appear when the student is ready to learn. Long story short, we are going to enter into the world of who we are, who our Father is, how much detail, in fact, is given behind this. And it would be impossible 
and to this date. I don't believe anybody has ever been able to dispute it because when you take to Krishna consciousness, Krishna will give you situations and experiences where you will understand he does exist. There is no such thing as him being non-existent and being formless. But those brief words that I'm speaking has absolutely minimal impact on anyone listening right now. The point is, we'll continue going through the introduction and then we'll cover the Srimad Bhagavatam again and we'll go into the details of the Lord, the personal features, how we are part and parcel. And it gives various examples, stories, instructions, and there are lessons in the scripture. There are lessons on how to live our life and how to leave the world. But every possible thing that we can do to achieve liberation is in the scriptures. So um, we're going to end at this point. Um, anyone have any comments? Prabhu, do you have any comments? Do you have anything you want to share or add? Guru and Krishna's mercy. Guru and Krishna's mercy. Uh, we'll end at this point. Srimad Bhagavatam Kijai, Srila Prabhupada Kijai, Gaur Pramananda.